Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Coming up on today's show, the lessons from the ant and the grasshopper. It is an age-old fable, but has a lot of meaning for you when it comes to planning for retirement. Why you should not be a grasshopper and should definitely not be winging it as you head towards retirement on today's Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in. Happy Saturday. It's Arkansas summer still, right, out there as we welcome you into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show all across the state of Arkansas. My name is Scott Inman, and it is a bit of an unusual show today in many respects. Obviously, you can already tell we're going to talk about grasshoppers. I don't think we've done that before. But it is also a little bit of a rare situation today that John and Janet are not with us on the program today. They're actually on their way back from San Diego for an LPL conference. It's the biggest conference that LPL puts on all year long called LPL Focus. And they're getting some great insight uh, with our partners there at LPL Financial. So they're on their way back. So we have got three people filling in for them today. On the fourth chair over here to my left is Chad Roller. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. And Troy Johnson is occupying John's chair. So big, big chair to fill here today. Good morning to you. Best. Good morning. Yeah. And Troy works out of the Bryant office. And Teresa Arago works with me in the Little Rock office. Good morning to you. Good morning. Are we ready to go? I think we are. To talk about grasshoppers and ants? I'm not a fan of grasshoppers or ants, but I think this has some great truth to it when it comes to your finances, at least. Yeah. So obviously, uh, we have, uh, Teresa and I have kids going to school, school age mm-hmm. kids. And I don't know about your summer, Teresa, but obviously my kids, we, first of all, we spend a lot of money entertaining them. I've, yeah. I've figured out, I mean, they've been to camps, they've been to all sorts of events, uh, but it, that does end at some point. And usually mm-hmm. at the tail end of back to school time, right before they go back, they are rather bored. They don't yes. have anything to do. There's nothing to do. I mean, I can come up with some chores and we do try to do that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're in a little bit of a lazy mode. And I think that's a that's pretty common for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And then they have to all of a sudden wake up at 6 a.m. and go back to school, right? Yes. It's hard to prepare for that. It catches them by surprise. And I think to some degree it catches us by surprise, yes. too. You know, I, I always tell myself, okay, this year is going to be the year that we're going to have everything prepared before and we're mm-hmm. going to have everything laid out. And then that morning comes and it's like mass chaos in my house. Of course, I have a few kids, so it's typically mass chaos in general in the mornings. But this year was particularly fun. Well, yeah. you know, and I got to start the my oldest start kindergarten this year i thought that was right so, yeah 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 so it's it's brand new adventure for us mm-hmm. because here we are we've kind of been in the pre-k and and uh, schedules are very flexible so in the past we've taken vacations you know after everybody goes back to school mm-hmm. and now we got the beach by ourselves. And no this year <laughs> we're on kind of this new schedule yeah and so welcome the, to our world yeah yeah looking back on the very first morning of uh my wife wanted to to take her to school and and uh, do the whole drop-off thing. And, and so I, I, I remember it was so comical because I think they went through three different outfits. And my <laughs> wife wanted to curl her hair. She wanted her hair up. It was just one of those things, you know, you just can't write this. You write this script out. But, uh, but yeah, we, we've had uh, joy with seeing her go to, go to kindergarten and, and start making new friends. And she's really enjoying it. And one of my 16-year-olds, junior this year, I thought she said something very mature. After the first couple of days of school, she said, Dad, it is good to get back in a routine. It is, hey. get, it is good to get back in that schedule. It, it's productive, right? But mm-hmm. to our topic today in the Get Ready for the Future show, if, you've been, if you sit around all summer and you're lazy and you don't do much and you don't prepare for that first day of school, chaos, as Teresa's already mentioned, will <laughs> certainly ensue. We're using an Aesop fable. We're, we're going story time today, by the way. We mentioned that John is not here, but John will sort of be here in the program because it's story time with John today. Now it's oftentimes teased last time and kicked off for a week one time and he wasn't letting that happen again. Is that he wants <laughs> wasn't that with the, the Star Wars thing a that's few right. weeks back? He wanted his presence felt in the show today, <laughs> I guess. But he you know, he tells stories all the time on the mm-hmm. Get Ready for the Future show. And he is going to be a grandfather very soon, by the way. So mm-hmm. it's it's story time with Grandpa John today. We're gonna <laughs> listen to John. Oh. Tell us. I can't wait for him to hear that. (laughs) The Aesop fable, the ant and the grasshopper. Here we go. (laughs) 
One day in late autumn, a family of ants were bustling about in the warm sunshine, drying out the grain that they'd stored up during the summer. When a starving grasshopper, his fiddle under his arm, came up and humbly begged for a bite to eat. What? The ants cried in surprise. Have you not stored away for the winter? What in the world were you doing all summer? I didn't have time to store up any food, whined the grasshopper. I was so busy making music that before I knew it, the summer was gone. The ants shrugged their shoulders in disgust. Making music, were you? The ants cried. Very well, now dance. And they turned their backs on the grasshopper and went about their work. That is great, by the way. I love the music. <laughs> I, I think we should have more Grandpa time with John there. Grandpa story time with John. He's going to love me calling him oh, Grandpa. Just, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait till he gets back to the office. Great, great <laughs> fable. I don't know if you heard it before. I, I have probably heard it decades ago when they when they asked me if I knew it. I recognized the title, but I had to go back and read it. But it's a it's a great fable to really highlight the importance of planning. Which, by the way, I should point out. The ants are not very nice. I mean, no. they didn't give the guy a little. But you know, if you don't, if you don't work, if you don't plan ahead, retirement is going to come at you hard. It's going to come at you, and it's not going to be fun. And we kind of bridge the gap between that Aesop fable into today's show by looking at a Northwestern Mutual Planning and Progress study. This is an annual research project commissioned by Northwestern Mutual. The the findings here are pretty astonishing. So we'll, we'll hit a couple of them here in this break and then talk about it in the rest of the program. 58% of Americans believe their financial planning needs improvement. And 21% are not at all confident they'll be able to reach their financial goals. But only 34% said they've taken steps to change. 67% of adults expect more financial crisis, such as what happened in 2008, yet only 38% are confident their financial plans can withstand market cycles. Almost one-fourth do not believe their plans can weather economic volatility. 67% consider themselves savers, but only 54% or I should say 54% astoundingly have no net savings. And despite serious concerns about retirement, 43% have not spoken to anyone about retirement planning. So we're going to take those four bits of data and kind of break them apart today. But let's start with that first one, that 58% of Americans believe their financial planning needs improvement, 21% not at all confident they'll be able to reach their financial goals, but only 34% say they've taken steps to change. I hearken back to a Chris Hogan line here, who is the retirement guru for Dave Ramsey, a goal without a plan is Mm -hmm. just a wish. And you can set a goal, but it's just a wish, guys, unless you put a plan together to get there. Well, and you know, you mentioned the ants weren't very kind, but whose job is it to save for your retirement? That's right. It's yours. And when it comes to your retirement, nobody's coming in and bailing you out. I I saw a, a billboard once and it said your in-laws are not a retirement plan (laughs) and I laughed but then I thought I know people who are planning on an inheritance Mm -hmm. being their retirement plan Mm -hmm. that's similar to this grasshopper you can't do that that's not realistic what all of these statistics mean to me is that people know that there's a problem they Mm -hmm. know they need to be doing something but they have no idea where to start I think that's a big Mm -hmm. issue and that's why at Gen Wealth we focus so much on retirement people they may have a 401k but they don't understand it we Mm -hmm. need to get back to the basics and explain to people what they need to be doing yeah there's certainly a part of the planning process that is overwhelming and you talk about analysis paralysis they think about well I you know I can maybe afford to save two hundred dollars maybe I can afford to save three hundred It's usually built, their savings plan is usually built on what they think they can tolerate, Mm -hmm. what they think they can do, not what it's going to take to reach the goal that they're trying to reach in retirement. And sometimes sitting down with a financial advisor and getting those uh, bits and pieces put together into a plan is certainly very helpful to reach that goal. Hey, we've got to take a break. We're just getting started taking our lessons from the ant and the grasshopper on today's Get Ready for the Future show. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Do you worry about retiring? How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? 
Hi, I'm Scott Inman for Genwell Financial Advisors, and we've been helping Arkansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com, and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. My name's Scott Inman. Troy Johnson stepping in for John Shrewsbury for this edition of the Fastest Four Minutes in Investing. Glad to have you along. Now, we are going to take a bigger, broader view of the overall uh, investment talk in today's Get Ready for the Future show, primarily because, as we've already mentioned, Ryan Dietrich from LPL Research is going to be joining us a little bit later in the broadcast. So we're going to go deep dive with Ryan uh, later in the show. So we'll keep it high level. But I did, Troy, just return uh, from LPL Focus, and that's the big annual conference where, uh, in fact, there were about 7,000 in attendance. It was the largest wow. attendance ever uh, for an LPL Focus conference. And one of the treats we get is to hear from Burt White. Uh, he's a great speaker. You've heard him speak yeah. before. Fun to listen to. But a big takeaway when it comes to the investment talk is they, as research is now uh, putting some odds on the chances of a near-term recession. That's always seems to be a word that comes out of our mouth in the top in the fastest four minutes in investing. And while they still believe the chances of a recession are less than 10% for the remainder of 2019, they have now ticked up their odds to 30% in 2020. So a 30% chance of a recession happening in 2020. Now take that for what it's worth. They're doing the best they can do with the research that provided. But the other thing that kind of caught our eye was they're now starting to lower some year-end forecasts and looking ahead to 2020. And this all has to do with just slower growth in general. Right. So we're, we're expecting that corporate profits will probably go a little bit lower, start to slow up just a little bit. So obviously that brings in you know the chance of a recession if corporations aren't earning <clears throat> excuse me, as much as they have been in the past. Um, so when we're looking at predictions for GDP growth for 2019, at first LPL had come out and said they expected to be in the 2.25 to 2.5 range for at the end of 2019. They've actually come out and lowered that down to 2% at this point for their new prediction. Yeah. Now, the good news in all of this, while things are slowing, they are still keeping their fair market value or their fair value target for the S&P 500 in place, which has been steady at 3000 since the get-go. And they are starting to put out, Troy, some numbers for preliminary 2020 forecasts. Right. So even into 2020, think about that. If we hit that target of 3000 for 2019, they're still predicting uh, 3100 to 3200 for 2020. So we're still saying that there could be some S&P growth even into 2020. Yeah, so that would basically if you do the math on that, if the fair uh fair value target is hit by the end of this year, you're looking at still some mid to upper teen or I'm sorry, mid to upper single digit returns on the S&P 500. So there's still a little bit of legs. The overall takeaway here is there's still a little bit of legs left in this bull market, but things are starting to slow down. They told us from the stage 2 that global manufacturing uh, uh, is definitely slowing down. It hasn't hit the U.S. yet, but it certainly will cer- certainly become a drag on the U.S. And then there's that trade tariff war that's still kind of hanging over as well. So you continue to watch that. Now, what we should say is let's pull back out here before we finish up the fastest four and talk about the bigger picture. And if you're a, a younger investor, or even if you are still a decade, 15 years away from retirement, even though we're talking about a slowdown, even though we're even maybe talking about a recession next year, the recovery time should give you encouragement, at least historically speaking, that it won't take long to come out of the ditch. Right. So if we look back at the Dow Jones Industrial um, Index here, uh, even since 1900, the year 1900, there have only been three recessionary periods that took longer than 10 years to recover from. Yeah. So that's a long time frame that we're looking at there. Most of the recessionary periods are just blips on the radar. So as we get into a deeper dive, stay tuned on the Get Ready for the Future show. Ryan Dietrich will be with us later in the broadcast. Thanks for watching on social media as well. That's it for the fastest four minutes in investing for this week. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. 
from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. We're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Taking our lessons today from the ant and the grasshopper. The ant prepared, all the ants, plural, prepared for their winter by storing up. They planned. The grasshopper did not. He fiddled his way through the summer and was unprepared when he needed to eat. That's very, very common in our uh, journey towards retirement, as pointed out in this Northwestern Mutual study that we referenced in the first segment. We will also later today be talking to Ryan Dietrich. It's time for our monthly market update from Ryan. We've got some good stuff coming up from him. That's in the final segment of today's show. Ryan is the senior market strategist at LPL Financial and joins us monthly on the Get Ready for the Future show. He is also going to be coming to Little Rock. It'll be his first time to be in Arkansas. We are bringing Ryan for a special Gen Wealth Academy workshop coming up on September 12th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. This is a free event for our clients and non-clients alike. Ryan's going to be talking about this market volatility that's been happening. He's going to be talking about the fundamentals of the underlying economy and how LPL Research does not foresee a true recession around the corner. Market analysis is the name of that. It's going to be kind of a Q&A. We're going to set it up where we're going to be asking Ryan questions. We're also going to allow you to ask Ryan questions as well. Here's how you sign up. Just go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. It's free to attend. You'll also find a list of other upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshops there. We're going to be talking about the three big risks to your retirement on September 10th in North Little Rock and September 17th at the Embassy Suites in Hot Springs. You can sign up there. What are the three big risks? We're talking about if you're in your pre-retirement years, and we'll call that five to 10 years out from planning to retire, you are in what we call the retirement red zone. You are moving from building wealth to spending wealth. And what are the three biggest risks you're going to face in retirement? We're going to talk about those, and we're going to talk about our strategies to take them on. But today we're talking about planning. Planning is what we do first and foremost, and I think it would be a good time to point out that that's how we operate here at GenWealth. I think a lot of people think, you know, we talked about people don't go see a financial advisor. I think a lot of the reason there is an intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. There is a belief, and and I'll say this, I'll attest to this from clients that I've sat with. Many times the disgruntlement they may have with a financial advisor is they don't understand what that financial advisor is saying. They're talking over their head. They're talking about investment stuff that they can't follow. Well, first of all, in a first appointment with a Genwell financial advisor, it is going to be all about you. It's not going to be about investments. We're Mm -hmm. going to talk about these goals. We're going to lay this out and begin to build a plan. So that is probably a, a difference to highlight, but then also maybe hopefully set some folks' minds at ease about coming in. Yeah, there's that. And then I've heard from many people when they go to meet with someone, all they hear is, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? If we're focused on what you've done in the past, we're never going to get you to your future. So you won't find that in the office of GenWealth for sure. Well, when you think about how people can start, because here, here here's the deal. We're going to talk to people at different stages of life uh, today. When you talk about not being the grasshopper and instead being the ants, let's talk a little bit about different times in life, because there's obviously times where you just have to find a way to start, and we believe you should just start where you are. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's start with the the younger generation. If you're getting started, maybe you, you're new to a career, it can be overwhelming to think that, okay, if I want to retire someday, I've got to save this massive amount of money every month. That might not actually be the case. You need to sit down and determine how much are you going to need down the road. And you'll probably be surprised that if you've got a lot of time on your hands, you really don't have to put an awful lot back. Yeah. And when you think about early being the key here, the earlier you start, and we've and we've got stories that we tell and 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 I guess a chart or a comparison between a couple of hypothetical guys that the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. Let's use more of a real life example. Let's talk about me and my niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, my niece lived with me when I was getting licensed. So she got to hear me rant and rave about all these things I wish I had known sooner. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my mid thirties at this point getting licensed and she is 17 in high school. Um, and so we talked a lot about time and how I wish I had more time because I am in some ways that grasshopper. I didn't know the things I know now and didn't have the tools or education to make better choices. So 
when I was in my mid thirties, I'm just getting started. When she turned 18, she came to me and told me she was ready to get started. And she has been consistently contributing to an IRA, a Roth IRA since she was 18 and just recently updated. She's not putting a ton of money in there, but Hey guys, if you're young and you're just getting started, do you have an employer plan? Are you getting the match? How many people come in and they're walking away from a match that you guys have met with? Mm -hmm. Don't walk away from free money. That is the first thing, Chad, to do is to make sure you get all of the money that your employer is willing to give you. Right, because that's a hundred percent return on your money from day one. As soon as you, mm-hmm. as soon as they make that match, it's a hundred percent. But one of the things also is, you know, you don't have to be hesitant to come in just because you feel like you're not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times that clients come in and they sit down with us, whether they're in their twenties, whether they're in their fifties. If you're, let's just put it blank, if you're embarrassed of where you're at in your situation, at least you're coming in. And that's mm-hmm. what we try to explain to them because at, at the point that you're coming in, you're doing so much more than that huge percentage that we just talked about earlier and that technically does not have a, cause themselves savers, but technically does not have a savings account. So a lot of times, you know, just when those clients first come in and we sit down with them and we say, hey, listen, you know, I understand where you're at and we can't do anything about what you've done, mm-hmm. but moving forward, at least you've made this step. And I think going back to, you know, the earlier, the better, but at whatever stage in life you're at, you cannot wait till the end of summer like the grasshopper and say, you know, because the summer's going to come again next year and you're going to want to go on vacation. You're going to want to do all these things. It It's complete cycle. I mean, you know, every year it seems like Christmas gets here earlier. So, yeah. and it's not going to yeah. change. Yeah. So you've got to start at some point and make a step in the right direction. And I'll tell you another thing is on these workshops, I've seen it. It's really a great opportunity that if both spouses are not on board with the whole planning process, Come to a workshop mm-hmm. and get an idea of what we do. Let if that if that spouse has nothing to do with your finances, if they say, "Hey, you know, one spouse takes care of it all. I'm, you know, I'm the money manager. The other spouse just likes to spend it." Come as a couple and mm-hmm. get introduced to a plan and to Gen Wealth, so that maybe that gives you a time to get something started. I do think too that sometimes when people come in, they're in better shape than they think. Oh yeah. Now, now maybe not if you're starting out, and and but if you're just starting out, you're 40 years away. You've got plenty of time to deal with that. It, let's kind of walk into maybe more of my age, uh, my generation, Gen X. You're in your you're in your 40s. Let's say you've raised a family. You've probably thrown some money at an employer plan or two over the over the course of your work life. Maybe you don't think you've put enough in, and maybe you haven't because you've been raising kids. And I think you know that goes to Chad's point too. You are focused on what's right in front of you. You're focused on the first day of school mm-hmm. when it's been summer. You're not focused on 20 or 30 years still away in retirement. It's hard to envision that, but if you can at least get that plan together and know what your savings rate needs to be to reach your goals, which is part of the planning process here, are you putting enough back that if you get an assumed rate of return, and there's nothing guaranteed about that, but if you get an assumed rate of return, which historically the market has done, you'll reach the asset level you need to provide yourself with retirement income when you retire, whatever date that is. Know those numbers so that you're not just throwing money at a 401k. And oh, by the way, if you've changed jobs over the last decade or two, and you've got what we would call an orphan 401k out there just sitting there, you know, an employer plan you're not contributing to anymore, this can be a great time to build that plan because consolidation is a very important part of what we do too. Yeah, we've seen where a lot of people will have those orphan 401ks, like you said, Scott, and there may be a a decent chunk of money in there. And since you don't work for that company anymore, we see people that just kind of forget about them. That's not a good, you still need to monitor that and make sure you're keeping up with what's going on. Uh, I think the main thing with people in this age range that we're talking about is they feel like they're getting closer to retirement. They A lot of people in this age range, to me, feel pretty stressed out about retirement. Um, a little bit of encouragement is you're still far enough away if you plan to work a little bit longer that still some small changes can make a pretty big difference in the long run for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm coming up on 50 not that long from now. Uh-huh. It's hard to really envision myself as a 50-year-old man, especially 
when you can actually become a member of AARP at 50 years old. And I, I don't know why they call it Association of Amer- American Association of Retired Persons when, when I'm 50 because I'm nowhere near retiring. Yeah. That can be hard in itself. But you get those catch-up contributions. And there's a you reason do. they call it catch-up. Well, and I've talked to people about this before. When you start to get those kids off the payroll, you've got one that just graduated. Yep. So you've got one that in the next few years will finish college and will be off the payroll. You can start putting more. A lot of times when you hit that 50 mark, there's that catch-up contribution because you've got a little more surplus income that you could put towards those goals if you've prepared your expenses in advance. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize I've found money for people in talking with them about their expenses and their finances without them having to change their budget much. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're overspending on something like a whole life policy that they don't need, that that money could be redirected to their savings and really have an impact. So it's not always about not having money, but maybe there's just a better way to handle the money you already have. Yeah reallocate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you go back, well, let's go back real quickly. We've got a couple of minutes left. I, I want to be sure that we uh, address fully what we were talking about with the orphan 401k and the catch-up contributions if we have time in this segment. But we do educate people on your choices. If, yes. if you have those orphan 401ks out there, as we call it, but a 401k or, or any employer plan that you're no longer at that job, you're no longer contributing to it, what are their options, guys, uh, to be able to do something about that? So you've really got four options when you're talking about an orphan 401k. The first is you can leave it there. And if you have access online to make allocation changes, that may be okay to do. It's a really cost effective way to keep your savings there. But you also have a lot of limits within employer plans in general, typically, Mm -hmm. unless it's a rather large plan, you're usually not going to have very many investment options. And also you don't have the education aspect and you end up with something like a high yield fund like you chose originally because you just didn't understand. Another option is you can cash it out if you like paying taxes. You can pay that penalty. You can pay all those taxes. And then, you know, you're left with about a third of it being gone on the front end there and increasing your income. We don't typically encourage people to do that. And then you can do a rollover to another IRA. And and a lot of times we'll help people facilitate that because it allows them to open up the world of investments now. And they've got a lot of options to kind of tee up their retirement, especially if they're within that red zone, Mm -hmm. tee up some of that retirement plan in advance. Um, and then I've lost the fourth option. Well, the fourth option. Up. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got a new employer <laughs> plan, you. if you've changed jobs and gone to work somewhere else, and if that new plan will accept rollovers mm-hmm. into it, which right. some will and some won't, then you can roll the old plan into the new plan. Like you talked about, Teresa, the the benefit there is you've got everything in one place. The mm-hmm. downfall is that new plan probably has a pretty limited uh, list of investments as well. So we can help walk you through that, your decision process there. If you'd like to set up an appointment with a Gen Wealth Advisor, you can do that at any time. The number to call 501-653-7355, 501-653-7355, or you can reach out via email. Just send an email to info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll continue on the show right after this. Are you following us on social media? Search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. We're less than 15 minutes away from our interview with Ryan Dietrich, senior market strategist at LPL Financial. LPL Financial is our broker-dealer that we partner with, and our accounts are held, our clients' accounts are held there, custodian there. And Ryan is a part of a big research team that is always looking at the economy and the markets. And he joins us on the program here about once a month, and he is going to be joining us in person in the fall in Arkansas, September 12th, in fact. That's coming up quicker than we realize September 12th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock, you can join us for market analysis with Ryan Dietrich. It's going to be set up sort of as a Q&A panel discussion, and you can bring your questions and directly ask the senior market strategist at LPL Financial. Great opportunity to do it, and it costs you nothing to attend. Always, Gen Wealth Academy workshops are free to attend. Dinner will also be provided. And because of that, space is limited. So I would encourage you to go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and reserve your seat 
for Ryan Dietrich coming up September 12th. And while you're there, you'll see other workshops that we have coming up too. We've got one on September 10th in North Little Rock, September 17th in Hot Springs. Those will be uh, based on the three big risks that all retirees in America will face. And we'll talk about those risks and solutions to address them. So lots of opportunities for you to gain some education, some motivation, some encouragement for your retirement journey, and another opportunity for you to kind of get a quicker assessment of where you are, because we've talked a lot in the show today about how busy our lives are, and sometimes that creates analysis paralysis as far Mm -hmm. as making decisions on trying to reach our retirement goals. Well, in the time that it takes you to check your social media, you can get a quick look at where you are, where you stand on your retirement journey by checking out our 15-minute retirement checkup. All you have to do is go to 15minuteretirement.com. That's 15minuteretirement.com. 15minuteretirement.com and put in your information and guys walk us through what will happen next. Yeah, so you'll go on to 15minuteretirement.com. You'll fill in some information about you, about your goals for retirement. Uh, it's just a quick questionnaire. And then what happens from there is that actually gets sent to our office here at GenWealth. An advisor will sit down and put together a quick analysis to give you an idea of, of where you're at, what your percentage chances are of reaching those retirement goals, depending on the input that you put in on the front end. Um, what we'll do from there is an advisor will, will call you and we'll just have a quick phone call to go over um, what we have learned about your situation and if there's any quick changes that we may recommend. But it's very easy to go on there and do this. A uh, quick phone conversation after that. A uh, pretty good way to just get a, a very quick checkup and see where you're at. And talking about that survey we were referencing earlier, again, 43% of the 5,000 people that they had surveyed have never spoken to a financial planner. And I just thought, man, if I'm going to go on a long road trip, I go and get my car serviced. You're talking about what could be 25% of your life, your retirement period, and you're not going to consult somebody about what to do to make sure you're ready for it. That That's a little concerning to me. That's scary to me to think about. And we're making it, I think, with this 15-minute retirement checkup as easy as possible to at least Mm -hmm. start the process. I think it's good to point out that this is not the whole process. This is not building you a plan. However, if you just want to get a look at maybe where am I in my road to retirement, this is a snapshot. And you will have access and a phone call from an advisor as well. And it costs you nothing. Not much downside to that, Chad. No. And I think it goes back to get the, like we've talked over and over about getting started. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I use another uh, analogy that that old adage that we've uh, heard a lot of times is you got to make hay while the sun shines, right? Yep. And typically, right now, you know, you may not have a crisis that's going on because the sun's shining right now in your finances. But what what is around the corner for you? Mm. And so this may be the perfect time while things are going good for you, while you have your income coming in and you don't you're not under a storm because we found that it's a lot easier to plan when you have flexibility, you have when the sun's shining than it is when clients come in and they're in a crisis and they're saying, "Hey, I've been uh, given the notice that I've got a 12-month buyout package or, you know, there's a health concern that's caused me that I've got to step out of retirement." So I think this right here is a great time. Take 15 minutes or however long it may take you to just go in there and take uh Take the take the questionnaire, give us some information, and and just have a chat with us. One five minute retirement.com, 15minuteretirement.com to get started, put some information in, and advisor will get with you and kind of give you a snapshot look at where you are. So, Chad, you mentioned something too. Maybe the sun's shining on your uh, financial situation now. Maybe the sun is shining on your investments, probably. Has been yeah. if you've been putting it into any kind of equity exposure over the last 10 years, right? We we're 10 years into a bull market. We've been riding this high. We're at near all time highs. Now, volatility has certainly returned to the market in August, and that maybe has given you some pause. Let's talk now to the folks who are in that retirement red zone for the rest of our segment here. And we define the retirement red zone as 10 years or less away from retirement. You are moving in 10 years or less from building wealth to spending wealth. We call it accumulation into distribution. And you want to make that money last 
So if you think about guys where we are 10 years into a bull market and what goes up must come down, Mm -hmm. if the stock market loses significant amounts of its value in the next five to 10 years, which we believe that because of the economic cycles, market cycles, it's going to go down at some point in the next five to 10 years. Ryan's going to tell us on the other side of the break that they don't believe in the short term, 12 Mm -hmm. to, to 18 months out, that anything's really fundamentally wrong with the economy. However, we believe we'll see a bear market, likely a true recession, in the next five to 10 years. And if your portfolio, which the sun has been shining on over the last 10 years, takes a 20 to 30% hit. What does that mean for you in retirement when you're trying to turn those life savings, Troy, into an income plan? Yeah. So if you believe, kind of like we do, that there will probably sooner rather than later be a downturn in the market, then if you're approaching retirement and you look at the total amount of assets that you've accumulated, then on the portion of those assets that you're going to use in the first five, 10 years of your retirement, you want to make sure that when we do have that downturn, that that portion is not going to be affected by the fluctuation of the stock market. And even if you are working with an advisor right now and you just have investments, you still don't have a plan. So in a lot of ways, you're still winging it in the fact that just because you have done something does not need does not mean that it actually fits into your plan and your objectives and is going to meet your goals. Let's and, throw another analogy in there. My my cabinets are full at home, but that doesn't mean I have something I can make dinner with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have a very full investment portfolio, but they don't have a plan, which means when that crisis hits, because it's going to, guys, it is going to happen. At some point, there's going to be a pullback. If you need to pull money out of that and you haven't prepared, you don't have a written financial plan, to help you through that process, you're going to be in a pickle. Go back to that study we were we talked about at the first of the broadcast today. 67% of adults expect more financial crisis like what we experienced in 2008. I mean, people aren't stupid. They, they know what goes up comes mm-hmm. down, yet only 38% are confident their financial plans, if they have one, and that's a loose term there, can withstand market cycles. Almost a quarter, 23%, do not believe their plans can weather economic volatility. They're not. They're not sure, and it may not be able to too. And I and I think about uh, the story I've shared often on this program about the clients that came in and talked to me, and they talked about taking some distributions from their accounts. And when it was time to do that, they wanted to make a withdrawal. Their advisor asked them, "What do they want to sell?" Now think about Wait that. Wait a minute. Isn't that what they're paying that advisor to do is tell them where to take their money from? And that's what we're really talking about, controlling what you sell and when you sell it when you're in retirement. That's insane. Their advisor actually asked what they wanted. So obviously there wasn't a previous plan in place for that. Correct. That's that's phenomenal to think that there's advisors that do that at this point. But that's why we plan. That's why we are so passionate about that written financial plan. And we've done the studies before. Only like 25% of people out there have a true written financial plan. And even of those, we use that term loosely. Just because it's on paper doesn't mean it's actually on purpose. And when you think about all the cycles you're going to hit in a 25, 30-year period, when you're counting, they're usually about seven years long. You've got to have your guaranteed income covered. You've got to have protections in place for when the market has those cycle changes because they're going to come. Because we're trying to build a consistent income plan. Yeah. That's what we, we don't want your income fluctuating like the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about your your working life, you really would want that paycheck to be pretty steady, right? You wouldn't want it to fluctuate based on what your employer decided to give you for that week. So when <laughs> retirement comes around, you're going to want a consistent income. And Troy, you've already talked about it. You want to make sure those earlier years are less volatile because that's where you're spending from. That's where you're controlling what you sell and when you sell it. But the reason we call it the retirement red zone and set that parameter at 10 years or less is because that's really where things need to be positioned prior to retirement. Right. So on that early money, like we talked about, you want that to be uh, conservatively invested to where if we do have a downturn, especially if there's a downturn before you retire, you've already got that portion that you're going to need early on set aside. And then on the other side of that, on your longer term money, the money you're not going to need for 16 plus years, it's okay to have some fluctuation there mm-hmm. and leave that invested in the equities if your plan calls for that. Because over time, over a long period of time, that is what has proven to keep up with inflation. So let's walk through if 2008 happened today and someone was planning with that investment strategy. Think about that. The portion of your portfolio, your retirement life savings that would be affected most is going to be 
allocated to not being spent for 15 years. Right. Yeah. So you think about that, and that 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 is when you take a look at the folks that uh, are not con- not confident their financial plans can withstand market cycles. What would that do if your investment strategy was set up that way? Well, well let's talk about our habits too. We we tend to know one thing but do another thing. That's why having accountability helps you. That's why having a coach, you know, like when you're trying to lose weight, people know you're more successful if you have a trainer. When you're talking about your finances, you're going to be more successful if you have a financial advisor with the heart of a teacher who's walking you through that. And I'm sorry, Chad, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say, basically, it goes back to making hay while the sunshine in that when that crisis hits, you tend to get emotional mm-hmm. about things a mm-hmm. lot quicker and you, yeah. and you start hitting the panic button and of course doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And that's where the plan comes into play and really kind of gives you a guide path. Otherwise, again, you're just going on a, a group of investments and you're trying to, if you're, if you're doing it alone or whether or not you're uh, working with an advisor, then you're trying to at that point decide on what you're going to do instead of going ahead and have it laid out for you. Our planning is called the Genwealth Ready to Retire process. And if you'd like to take the first step in going through that process, it's absolutely free. It just is a first complimentary two hour or so appointment with a Genwealth advisor. And you can set that up by calling 501 653 7355 or emailing us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Stay tuned next on the Get Ready for the Future show. It's our interview with LPL Financial Senior Market Strategist. Ryan Dietrich. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you back to the final segment of today's program. And as promised, we are joined, as we are about once a month, by Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist at LPL Financial. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me back. And it's months go fast. I'm back already, but it's always a fun time talking with Jen Wealth. Yeah, and we are also looking forward to telling our listeners again about an opportunity for them to see you in person about a month from now, a little less than a month from now. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the interview, but let's get down to business first. Uh, Let's start with uh, the most recent news. About a week and a half ago, the markets really have been volatile in all of the month of August, but they were really sent into a tailspin when the yield curve inverted briefly in the middle of the week, the 10-year yield dropping below the two-year yield. Now, let's talk a little bit about the significance of this. I I know that you put out some uh, very interesting information, some data about this. It, it, It is a pretty decent warning sign. I don't think it's something that we should just discard, but I think the timing, the, the, the imminence of it is something that really should be addressed. Well, that's right. You know, just what is the yield curve? Well, you can lend money at different lengths of time, right? And normally, if you're going to hold something longer, you get a higher yield. Well, what happened, like we said, about a week and a half ago, the two-year versus 10-year yields, well, they inverted. So you got actually more money holding two-year versus 10-year. So you think about that, that's a little opposite. And that's when banks really stop lending, and that's the big concern. But what's it really matter? What? What? Okay, the yield curve inverted, the two-year, 10-year inverted. We did. A, we looked at this. Guys, you look at the last five cycles, after that two-year, 10-year inverts, the last five times we went into recessions, it took 21 months on average before we went into a recession. What do stocks do? Well, stocks do pretty well, actually. We found stocks went up almost 22% on average after, by stocks, I should say, the S&P 500, went up 22% on average after that inversion before the ultimate peak. So that tells us there's potentially still a lot of time left to this cycle of growth and stocks can continue to do well. So yes, the yield curve's in the news. Yes, those concerns are there. The global economy is slowing. But the bottom line, just because the yield curve inverted doesn't mean sell everything and panic. There's still time potentially for the cycle to last. So Ryan, you've talked a little bit about the bond market. So if we dive into that just a little bit, since we talked last time, since we had you on the show, the Fed cut interest rates for the first time since 2008. Um, what is LPL's view about how that will great will it greatly impact the fixed income market, or what are y'all thinking as far as that goes? Sure. Well, that, you know, you think about it. What's one of the big surprises coming into 2019? Stocks were up 20% not too long ago. The S&P was best start to 97. That was a surprise. I think the bigger surprise was this, the massive move lower in yields 
globally. As we just talked the segment before, the yield curve inverted. The 10-year yield in the U.S. is down around 160 recently. The lowest has been in several years. That's kind of that big surprise is the move lower in yields. What's that mean? Well, fixed incomes had a really great first, we'll call it seven, eight months of the year because, you know, interest rates go lower. Bonds tend to do better. Now, here's the catch. If rates start to trickle a little bit higher, and we think that's kind of the case, you know, just last week we had really strong retail sales numbers, really strong product productivity numbers, employment picture still good, consumer still good in the United States. Those are all pluses. We think the yield curve, I'm sorry, well, we think the yield curve can steepen, but just yields in general can start to go a little bit higher. So if that's the case, that could pressure bonds a little bit. But if we've learned anything, <laughs> you know, going back for the fourth quarter of last year and this year, there's always a place for fixed income in a well-diversified portfolio, and you absolutely can have that to help things. I mean, think of it like this, guys. In 2008, stocks went down 50%. If you had a portfolio half a percent, a 50% in stocks, 50% in bonds, you'd be down only 25%. So there's a nice place for, for fixed income in anyone's portfolio. But if yields go a little bit higher as the economy strengthens, like we think, you know, that could pressure bonds a little bit here. But they've had a great start to the year, and anyone in fixed income is probably pretty happy right now. Let's add another opinion here to the interest rate discussion. There was an article in uh, on August 13th, in fact, in the Wall Street Journal that raised the concern about interest rates going negative in the U.S., as they have in many places around the world, essentially meaning that investors would be paying the government to hold their money. That's a foreign concept for U.S. investors, but is it one that you see as any possibility? Well, you know, we'll put it this way. We don't see it as a possibility in the United States. But then again, when you look around the globe, just last week, the numbers came out 16, a record, $16 trillion with a T worth of negative sovereign debt, negative yielding sovereign debt around the globe. I mean, this is just fascinating. And we've talked a lot about it. John Lynch, our chief investment strategist and myself, talk about it on our podcast, LPL Market Signals. You know, why is this happening? Well, the reason we think is what happened, we've never seen a scenario like this where the, the Fed raised the balance sheet from about a billion dollars to four and a half billion dollars, and they've started, or trillion, I apologize, trillion dollars, and started to lower it. And that's kind of, we've had this area where we've never seen something like this before. And the, the impact of that is yields have gone lower and we have negative yielding. I mean, there was a, a bank over in Europe that's actually giving negative mortgage rates. So you're getting paid to own your house. I mean, think about that. That is fascinating. But again, coming into this year, everyone was in the camp that we've seen higher yields this year. 62 out of 63 economists, according to the Bloomberg poll, look for higher trending 10-year yield at the middle of the, this year in 2019. Obviously, they all were wrong. Now we fast forward. Everyone's expecting low trending rates and we think that could inner contrarian is starting to really flash here and maybe we can find some type of a major low in rates here and and kind of start to move a little bit higher but boy oh boy a couple years ago we never even thought we'd have this discussion that's mm -hmm. what makes markets fun right there are always unique things that come out and the, the impact of negative yields around the globe is one that really no one truly knows the impact of that yet but we're actively watching it Ryan, let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about the other big headline in the news, which is the, the trade wars with China. Um, obviously, everyone's concerned about what's going on there. Everyone seems concerned and wants to talk about the tariffs. We want a little bit more education on another aspect that kind of happened here with value, um, China coming out and devaluing their currency. Can you explain what that means and give us a little more education on that? Absolutely. So you think about it. We, the United States, buy a lot more goods from China than China buys from us. They buy about $150 billion worth of goods from the United States. We buy about three times that much. So we've got more room to put tariffs on incoming imports or exports from China, right? It's just, it's just simple math. China doesn't. So what are the instruments that China has to kind of hit back and fight back, if you will, in this ongoing trade war, as we call it? Well, one of them is China controls its currency. And if they weaken their currency, that's the Chinese yuan, they weaken the currency. Chinese goods actually are cheaper for the rest of the globe to buy. So what China did recently, not to get too geeky here, but they lowered the yuan to a level versus U.S. dollar we haven't seen for years. And that really freaked out the market about two weeks ago, thinking, oh boy, this is another level, another level of this trade war that we didn't expect really to happen this soon. But when the United States said we're going to put 10% tariffs on the remaining $300 billion on September 1st, which actually last week they pulled back some of that. Nonetheless, 
That got that ball rolling, and now China can devalue their yuan, and that's just something that they can do in this ongoing trade dispute. So the people, the currency markets, you think about 2015. August of 2015, guys, is neat how history repeats sometimes. Uh, what Mark Twain say? History repeats, but it doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. <laughs> and when you look at August 2015, there was a surprise currency devaluation. August 2015, out of China, led to the first 1,000-point Dow drop ever. Really rough August 2015. Flash forward four years later, we're in a very similar scenario where China is lower in their currency. It's causing global you know, volatility, if you will, specifically with the United States all around, but the United States as well. And it's, it's interesting how things repeat, and we're seeing it once again. We're talking with Ryan Dietrich on the Get Ready for the Future show, Senior Market Strategist, LPL Financial. And as we sort of get to the end of this interview, Ryan, let's kind of return to the fundamentals. We always tend to do that when we talk about the markets anyway. And you mentioned that earlier in the interview, that we still mm -hmm. like the fundamentals. Even though the volatility has returned, explain why you're so on board with, with the notion that fundamentals will support the market. Absolutely. You know, the average year sees at about 4 5% corrections a year. Okay, so the average year sees about a 14% correction peak to trough. Guys, pullbacks happen. Volatility does happen. Late in an economic cycle, like we are, the cycle's 10 years old, you see more volatility. But what's really going to lead us long term is those, those fundamentals. Are companies making earnings? Are companies hiring people? Is the U.S. consumer, which makes up 70% of GDP, spending money? Well, the good news is they are. Again, as I mentioned, retail sales last week came in really strong, strongest number since March. Non-farm productivity came in at 2.3%. What's that even mean? Well, that was a lot stronger than expected, and productivity is a very key driver to extending this business cycle. If you look at the news, I know what the markets are doing, the news are scary, but the underlying fundamentals do not suggest that our economy is anywhere close to a recession, and that should be comforting for, for investors as we have this volatility, we have these pullbacks, but with the under, underlying fundamentals still pretty strong, these can still this bull market still alive and well in our in our opinion. I know it's scary, but the fundamentals suggest a lot different view than what kind of the headlines are telling us. Ryan, we always appreciate your information that you bring to the show. Um, on September 12th, we're getting really excited here at Gen Wealth because you're going to make a trip to Arkansas. Uh, you're going to come out to the Ground, Crown Plaza in Little Rock, and host a market update for our listeners and our current clients. Can you just give us a preview of, of what we're going to talk about that night? Absolutely. No, first off, I'm honored and delighted you guys invited me, and I cannot wait to get down there. I heard you guys say it's like 100 degrees every day, so let's hope it's a little cooler. <laughs> it's a little warm. Well, it's hot here in Charlotte, too, but let's hope it's a little cooler in September 12th. But we're going to talk about kind of markets, right, what really matters. We're going to talk about those fundamentals. We're going to talk a lot about policy, a lot about what the Fed is doing, interest rates, the yield curve, corporate earnings. I like to tell stories. I like to tell jokes. We're going to have some fun, too. I mean, believe me, talk about the yield curve for 45 minutes. I, think, I do this for a living. I think it's boring. So we're going to have some, we're going to have a lot of fun that night, a lot of questions and answers. But all in all, guys, I hope people just leave in a good mood, happy and confident that the economy is on firm footing, no matter what the news is telling us. And this, uh, this bull market still has life, but it should be a blast. I can't wait to be there. Absolutely free to attend. All you have to do to, uh, to register is to go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to be there. Now, September 12th, here's the good news. When you, when you talk about the weather, Ryan, Fall okay. is my favorite time in Arkansas. You'll get the best weather in fall. Unfortunately, it doesn't always arrive by September 12th. <laughs> it may still Understood be warm. There. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan, thanks for being with us. As always, we uh, certainly enjoy your insight. I know our listeners do, too. And we will talk to you in just a few weeks uh, here in Arkansas, which, by the way, it's your first trip to Arkansas, right? That is correct. I've never been to the state of Arkansas, so I'm trying to go to all 50 states on LPL's dollar, so I'm excited to get to see <laughs> Arkansas and see you guys, so I can't wait to make it. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks, guys. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. Peace.